Welcome to Pardon the Confusion. I'm your host, Paul Arnold, and once again, I'm joined by the odd couple. No, not Oscar and Felix, if you're an old man like me, but not even uh, the guy Perry It was on Friends, who was on CBS, who tried to bring it back, Matthew Perry. No, these two guys, Ernest Watts and Nate Moyer, I finally call the odd couple because when we first started this podcast, they didn't get along about anything. They argued, they took different points. You would thought they were... uh, in the Skip Bayless uh, podcasting uh, correspondence class. But no, they've gotten along a little bit better throughout the years now. (laughs) Peace in our time. And so we're glad they're here, and I'm glad they're here, because we're about ready to talk sports, and we're going to talk about sports right now in this really strange year of 2020 with COVID. I know we were all thrilled when we got sports back, and even though it was different with no fans, we were happy, but now... COVID just is in its second wave tremendously all over the place, and we're seeing it affecting the NFL, and we're going to talk about that, and then college football with Ohio State, and even college basketball. How weird is it? And we're going to talk about, of all the sports, is college basketball the most affected by the fans who are so close to them? But let's start with the NFL. Ernest, do you think the NFL has played favorites here? They postponed and postponed and postponed the Raven Steeler game, but no, the Broncos had to go ahead and play without a quarterback and lose terribly this Sunday. Uh, is the NFL playing favorites in the ratings game here? I think there's two things in the factor. One, this was punitive because Locke was diagnosed, went into a quarterback meeting without his mask, and infected uh, Blake Bortles, and I'm trying to remember who the other quarterback is. Driscoll. But he infected, yeah, yeah, Jake Driscoll uh, used to be with Cincinnati. He infected those two. So because he did not listen to protocol, I think there was two facts. One, this was a punitive thing by the NFL saying, I find you. We've threatened away, take away draft picks. Here you go. We're going to let you play with a practice squad wide receiver from Wake Forest, who last time started as a quarterback in high school. This is the, you know, the last time, do you remember the last time an NFL game started with a non-quarterback playing quarterback? I don't know. Tell me. 1966, Tom Maddy for the Baltimore Colts. That wasn't Colts. even alive, Ernest. How would I have known? Okay. <laughs> well, it's a Tom Maddy game. Okay. But, and the other factor is, um, you know, the Saints would have been overwhelming favorites anyway. Broncos aren't going to playoffs. This wasn't going to hurt the Saints. So NFL was sending a message, you're saying. You're not a competitive if you're not a team that's in competition for a playoff slot, no. No, we don't care. You the Ravens are one game out of the playoffs right now. And not only did it affect the game which has been moved five times, three times, whatever, it affected the Dallas Cowboy game. What I really like about this substitution is the final movement. If they actually play uh, for podcaster listeners, it'll be December the 2nd, is they moved it to 3 o'clock. Do you know why they're playing at 3 o'clock in the afternoon on a Wednesday? I don't, Ernest. Why? Okay, because <laughs> NBC wants to show the live lighting of the tree at Rockefeller Center. No. That's funny. And because, yes, NBC owns what? the rights to this game. That's like That's showing Heidi now interrupts the Super Bowl or the playoffs. That is, that is why they're playing an NFL game at 3 o'clock on a Wednesday afternoon instead of playing on Wednesday night. 
That's fine. I, I, as Jack Parr used to say, and none of you remember <laughs> who Jack Parr is, I kid you not. But yeah, I mean, the NFL was just, Goodell was just swinging his weight around. So Jack that, Parr was before Johnny Carson, before Jay Leno, before um, the newest guy, Jimmy Fallon. All right, Nate, get us back into 2020, the latest generation. <laughs> so from a it's youngster's cool. point yeah. of view, is the NFL playing fair from your point of view? No, I don't think they are. Um, I, I get what Ernest says. I can understand it. Like they're trying to make an example uh, with the protocols that Denver didn't do. But at the end of the day, um, you know, if they're making the Denver Broncos tough play without a quarterback, which is really unheard of, they even declined. I think one of the assistant coaches on the staff mm-hmm. had actually played quarterback before. They had actually um, asked the NFL if they could let him play in the game, and they said no, they're not going to have because then they think what's going to happen is teams are going to start signing former players to be coaches and the event that something like that happens. Um, so I don't think that was fair. I get, I think it makes a lot more sense. You've got the Steelers who are undefeated. The Ravens are fighting for a playoff position. That's a, that's a game everybody wants to see the Denver versus the saints game. I don't think people were that excited unless Drew Brees was playing. And then you had um, Taysom Hill, whatever starting and he had the most quarterback experience on that field um so i I think i think it was just more of like eh, the denver game's not that exciting let's just make them play it whereas the steelers and ravens i feel like they could have they could have done the same thing and just said hey look like do you have 22 athletes that can play you know you got to play the game you know or we just postpone this i mean and if you postpone that one you also have to postpone the denver game so I do think they're they're playing favorites because I mean why are we now playing this on a Wednesday mm-hmm. and I think um, if I'm not if I'm correct is it the Dallas and Baltimore play next week and they're supposed it's to play on five Monday o'clock on Monday yeah there was supposed to be a Sunday night game they're going to be playing Monday at five o'clock so why not either just postpone this push it to the end just say hey we're pushing the playoffs out a week right and then make that last week that's a you know a, a game a makeup game for teams that need to play or push the playoffs back two weeks I mean. I think at the end of the day, they should just be able to push playoffs back. There's no fans there. You're not affecting travel from fans' perspectives for most stadiums. Um, I, I think they should either. I think they should just postpone it. But I think they're just sitting there going, "No, we need Lamar Jackson. We need the TV ratings. You know, we need this matchup to go on. But we need more. You know, more superstar athletes to be playing in this game." So I have a so another you're not, point. You're not, too, you're not too far off, Nate, because there are certain targets with the ratings if they don't get that they have to pay a rebate back to the networks and also the network contracts are up for renewal year after next and that's going to be based on the average ratings of the last couple of years so you're right this is tied in also to the ratings so they want the stars on on tv and get what ratings they can i'm sorry uh paul i cut you off that's all right so my point is if i was in the players union i'd be pretty ticked off because these players even if they get cleared off quarantine they still might be weaker than they normally would be because they're not practicing then they're going to play a game in the middle week and then they have a quick turnaround for another game as well and I just anticipate more injuries happening because of the way they keep on messing with the schedule, the way players are in quarantine. Uh, it's you, I just keep on waiting for one big thing to happen, and the NFL goes, "Wow, we were not smart. We pushed so hard. This one player, you know, lost his career because he had a terrible injury. Injuries are going to come. I get that, but there's so many unintended consequences with the NFL so determined." 
to push ahead and get done like baseball did. Um, and, but football is so much more, uh, you know, violent and dangerous. And you put somebody out there who's not ready for the speed of the game. I just, I just I hate to say it, but I, I anticipate some more injuries this next weekend or two because the whole way the season's handled. Paul, what do you think about just postponing this game? If you postpone this game, right now, they've got till Monday to be prepared for the next game, right? And then pushing the playoffs back a week to get this game in, if it's even needed. You know, like there could be something where the Ravens are out of it and the Steelers are already locked out home field advantage. Then the, the game becomes irrelevant. Nobody even needs to play it for safety reasons, at right. least. Well, I think part of Ernest is right about the TV, but the other thing, right. Ernest, that, that I've heard is that the NFL does not want to expand their playoffs anymore. But if they would simply expand it another two teams, then maybe we're not talking about rushing to make all these games up. Have you heard that theory, Ernest? There is a plan in place that if there are any more, if they if they have to cancel games they will bring in two extra teams to the playoffs. No one will get a buy. But see, you got to blame the union here if you're a player because they're the ones that signed off on the agreement that if you don't play, you don't get paid. So any games that are canceled, even if a team's out of it, even let's let's say the Ravens-Pittsburgh game was canceled and they put it back and pushed the playoffs back a week or got rid of the bye week between the conference championships and the Super Bowl – and you you know we'll put it in there if it's necessary. They get there and it's not, and they cancel the games. That means that the Steelers and the Ravens lose one sixteenth of their salary. Mm-hmm. And you got some players like Roethlisberger. That's the equivalent of about nine hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, I'm, no doubt money is playing a big part in all yeah. this. Oh. And then the next question I have for you guys: If the vaccine is available at the end of December. And somehow the NFL got some vaccines for their players. If you were an NFL player, would you take the vaccine in the end of December before the playoffs? First of all, that would be a bad move for the NFL that would, to do that. Uh, that would be about the worst PR you could do right yeah, now. Yeah, that's not yeah. – it's, it's only if it's, you know, I think it's supposed to be – and you guys probably know this because I think it just came out of the CDC today. I think it was um, healthcare professionals and, like, nursing homes get it first – so mm-hmm. as long as the players got them in the General right order, right? So in January, it's like, you know, A through F, their last name starts with A through F, then it's fine. But I think if they got it prior, any athletes, any group gets it prior, there's going to be, you know, there's going to be like, like you said, a bad, it's going to be really bad PR. Why, why do they get it over, you know, everybody else? I think the healthcare professionals, first responders absolutely need to get it first. Military. Um, no question. All those guys need to get it first. Then. You know, we, we can postpone sports. We can postpone. Would you guys a lot of take things, it if it was offered to you after the healthcare workers? Are you comfortable I no with cho- it? I have no choice. I'm technically a healthcare worker. I will have to take it. Yeah, me too. So I have no choice. I, I think the military first. I think athletes need to wait to the general public, or that would really. Uh, I mean, that'd be that'd be worse than the kneeling for the flag. I really think so. That Honestly, be, yeah. Honestly, for me, like, I mean, obviously I'm younger than you guys. If I'm feeling okay and everything, I'd personally let somebody older than me have it, the vaccine. I just, I just wait a little bit longer. You know what I mean? Like I, you know, I, I'd want people that are more susceptible to it, to get it over you know, me. You know, the, 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 and I feel like athletes, most athletes are in good shape and, um, you know, their bodies could probably fight it off based on 
whatever's going on now if they don't have an underlying conditioning, of course. But um, so I feel like I, this almost sounds bad, almost like the Ashley should be last, right? Because they've got the best mm-hmm. trainers, they're probably in the best shape. And um, I don't know if that has anything to do with like immune systems, but. You know, the real crisis is you have some flexibility in the regular season, but what do we get in the playoffs? What if we get in the first round of playoffs and, and Brady and Gabbert and, uh, you know, Rosen all have test positive for the Buccaneers? It uh, won't happen because the Buccaneers have been smart through all this. I heard that they've always kept one quarterback out of these meetings, uh, anything close proximity so they don't. But yeah. any any playoff team, what do you do? I mean, they're going to have to no, go. It's, that's that's the exact same thing that would happen in March Madness. If your player gets hurt, if they get deemed academically ineligible, and it's March Madness, it doesn't matter. I don't think the NFL should be able to push something like that. It's got to be like, look, that's why you have backups. That's why you have third yeah. stringers. That's why you have a practice team. Um, you know, I, you, if you're not following protocols and your players get into this, that you know they've got to be mature enough to understand, like, hey, look, I'm in the playoff hunt gotta make sure i'm staying safe and i don't think they should be able to do that i think you know it's you got to go with what you got you're in the playoffs Any, anything can happen in the playoffs it could be a freak injury it's the same thing that happens if not that it would you know i don't think it's going to happen in our lifetime but if you had a game let's just say the buccaneers played and all three quarterbacks got injured in the game in the first quarter mm. right what do you do you not play the game or do you start the you have to put the emergency backup in you can't just do that i don't think that would be fair i think it's it's just going to be bad luck for whatever team it happens to, but don't you think when they go to the playoffs, that they're going to have to go in some kind of seclusion. They're going to have to like, sure, I'm sure they will. I mean, put, I would say put four teams in one stadium area. I mean, I, you couldn't put one stadium. You couldn't take 16 teams and put them in one stadium and play the games. No, you could do like a bubble like they yeah, do. Yeah, you could do a bubble. You could, you know, pick a dome stadium, you know, Arizona, Detroit. Where's the Super Bowl at? Uh, it's Tampa, in Tampa Bay. Bay. Why not just put everybody in Tampa Bay? Well, then you got weather. I mean, that's kind of an inconsistent Well, you do have thing. weather issues, but you're going to have weather issues yeah. anywhere yeah, that's not the Super so Bowl. Just I, put everybody I, in Tampa, and then as teams lose, they just leave, and then you still got the <laughs> bubble. That's, you still got the bubble there. Like they did the NBA. The NBA did that. NBA, NBA, you're talking about 25 people per team. The NFL, you're talking 150 to 200 people with support staff, coaching staff, everything. That's why I'd say maybe four teams, pick four stadiums, Atlanta, Arizona. I mean, since now San Francisco's the new Arizona team, uh, Detroit. And then, you know, uh, pick some dome stadiums, go with that and put them in, put them in a bubble. I think that's your best bet or else we're going to have a disaster. Do you think the NFL is talking to the players union daily or weekly about these decisions? Are they just doing it and saying, you know, live with it? I'm sure they've got to be talking to them. I I can't imagine they're just, I, I would think they'd have to be. They'd signed off already. They give them the right. They, you know, if we cancel games, you don't get paid. We don't lose anything financially or anymore. So, yeah, NFL has more control over the NFL union than any other sport has over a union. Definitely. And so we go from the totally paid commercial NFL to the semi financials of the college football world, where you know a program like. Notre Dame or Clemson or Alabama or Michigan makes millions and millions of dollars in a normal year. Um, and right now those players 
are trying to play a season, but every week we have more and more cancellations. Saban gets COVID for the second time. Um, and you got then, it a second time? Second yeah. time. And then yeah. Day from Ohio State, their head coach, got it as well. Um, and then there's rumors around Ann Arbor here that they're going to have to call off their game this week against Maryland and maybe call off the whole season. Uh, there's t- so many rumors flying around here. And the way they're handling it, it there even is the rumor that even if Ohio State goes unbeaten, if they play less than seven games, should they be in the college football playoffs? Um, my quick take on this is, as a Michigan fan, I sort of like to say, yeah, the Buckeyes, they don't, I like to not see them in there. But the trouble is, every team that gets in the college football playoffs makes a ton of money, not only for themselves, but the rest of the league. And that's a part that a lot of the fans don't realize. Um, so I think Ohio State is sort of going on the offensive. If, if you look at a bunch of different media outlets, they have their guys out there talking about Joey Galloway, Herb, Herb Street. I mean, they're talking about what if, what if. So, Nate, if Ohio State goes undefeated and they're 7-0 and compared to other teams that have played 8, 9, or 10 games, should they be in the Final Four? Well, I think in that scenario, what they should do is see if there's another team that's in the bubble, kind of right, like a power five team that didn't get a chance to play that. And those two can play a play in game. And that could could be a play in game or that could just be a game to showcase if you should be in the top four or not. Right. So if you're undefeated, you need to have a major win uh, because I feel like some of it. And again, obviously, we I think this is well known, but I'm just going (laughs) to say it again. I do not like Ohio State. I absolutely despise Ohio State. Um but I think in this circumstance, that that's that should be something they do. They just take two teams that they think are on the bubble of maybe making the playoff, and they can play each other because then that would be essentially a play-in game for the four spot. And if one team dominates or something like that, then it's going to show it. Um, but you know, it's I don't think it's Ohio State's fault. I don't think it's a lot of these teams' faults, right? It's I'm sure they have protocols. You know, these are college kids. They're not going to sit in their dorm and just go to practice. Some are, some are not. They're they're college kids. That's just not going to happen, right? They got to be social. That's part of college life. Um, and that's all I can think of. I mean, because you know, I think Notre Dame. I think they just said the Wake Forest game's off, but. Um, you know, they're, they're in, they're in the playoff right now, if it were to happen, but then they got the ACC championship game, uh, probably playing Clemson again, if I would guess. And I don't know. I just feel like we got to make sure we get the right, the top four teams in that we can. And I don't know that it's like, well, if a team played six games, another team played eight and they're both, you know, let's say Ohio state and. I don't know. I'm trying to think of a Big Ten. But team a one-loss Notre Dame or a one-loss Clemson or a one-loss Alabama should go in before Ohio State undefeated with six. Well, wins. that's the thing. That's what the committee needs to decide, right? And if they haven't seen enough games, that's why you pin. Okay, let's just say, hey, the the two that we're torn between are Ohio State and I don't know Clemson, right? Like, okay, let's just have those guys play. That winner will be the four seed. That's that just makes it easy, right? Because now you're making a team like, well, you got to prove that you're you're in. Because I don't know if I, has Ohio State played a good team yet, like a highly ranked team, <laughs> Indiana, Indiana sort of, and Wisconsin yeah. sort of. All right, Ernest, from an old man's point, what do you got? <laughs> if there ever was a year to have an eight game playoff, this yes. was the year. Yes. This was the one day. Uh, listen, if there was a team outside that that you could say a strong number five team, but there's not. 
I mean, it's going to be Alabama, Clemson, Notre Dame, Ohio State. Will Ohio State Bay in the Big Ten Championship? Probably not. I don't think they're going to get that last game in. So we're going to have that thrilling Northwestern Indiana Big Ten Championship <laughs> game. And, and Indiana you, just lost their quarterback, too. Yeah, they lost their quarterback. So do you not think to COVID, to a are, ACL, I think. A, toward ACL, correct. Uh, so do you think either one of those teams deserve to be in? Yeah, it, USC is undefeated. Do you think USC deserves to be in? Well, that's, again, that's why you have a play-in. You have a, you BYU, have a play-in games. Cincinnati, this is why we should have eight team playoff. Listen, it's money. Money. Those are the four teams that draw the interest and the ratings and everything. Nobody wants to see Cincinnati in there. Cincinnati's a pretty good team. You know, the, the coach – was the interim coach for Ohio State? You throw then you then you put Cincinnati and Ohio State in as the four seed. <laughs> Winner gets the four seed, right? Because now you're giving a team like be, a be, chance to get in there, but you have to beat a, a team that's also in the top whatever. Then BYU complains. BYU says, "Why don't we get in?" Coastal Carolina says, "We're undefeated. Why aren't we in?" <laughs> right, and the strength of schedule comes into play. The strength of your conference comes right. into play too. Eight but teams. Eight teams. Teams you're supposed to play can't play for COVID reasons. There's nothing. There's not. That's not no. your fault. You're the prepared. biggest obstacle to eight games is the bowl system. The the old time bowls don't want to give up, and there's got to be a way to incorporate them. As long as they and can we, find a way, everybody gets richer. This will happen. But I don't know if this is the year. And when you look at strength of schedule, you got to look at Notre Dame beating Clemson and then beating that pesky Tar Heel team. Tar, Tar Heel team, yes. Uh, we have to bring that out yeah, because Nate is yeah, a Notre Dame fan and Ernest is a Tar Heel. I do have to say for the Notre Dame game, they did beat the backup quarterback, who I think played really well, um, but he's not Trevor Lawrence. So I can always see that being an issue. But again, I think if they're supposed to play in the ACC championship game, now you got a rubber match. But if Clemson barely beats Notre Dame, Notre Dame barely beat Clemson. Oh, Notre Dame's in. I mean, who, who's, who's, who's going to supplement those four right now? You know who the number five team is in the ratings? I don't. Is it in Ohio State? Texas a No, Ohio State's in top four. Yeah. Oh, are they? Okay. Yeah, Clemson, Ohio State, Alabama, Notre Dame. That's okay. your four. Number five is Texas a Florida? Florida's number six. Florida looked good, right? Yeah, Florida's yeah, dangerous. They've got to play Alabama. Now, if they beat Alabama, but as of right now, there's a clear top four teams. I mean, it really is no discussion. Uh, I'd like to see 18 playoff because I'd like to see the money spread around. And as for the bowls, Paul, we've had eight bowl games already canceled. There'll be more bowl games canceled. Yeah, I think the lower tier, the Sun Bowl, has is the first time that it hasn't, it's not going to be played since, what, 1935? I yeah, see. yeah. So. I mean, Ernest was at that game, so that's he was. The <laughs> I, first I played in the first he, game. Yeah, he was selling popcorn uh, at halftime. By the way, quick a note here: I saw Ian Book's first starting game. It was against Carolina three years ago, and he has developed. But what impresses me, Notre Dame, is those tight ends. Those three tight ends you have. They got Baby Gronk. He's yeah, all, all three of them. All they've they've three, been trying out a lot of good. Um, you know, they've got a lot of good. Um, Tight ends. I don't, they must have a good tight ends department as far as the and the uh, O line. The O line that yeah. impresses me is the O line. But I think the O line was one thing when they played Alabama a few years back in the championship and got throttled. They realized they needed to beef up that line, and that's one of the things they worked on. So um, I think they knew that was an issue. But I mean, the tight ends, yeah, that really opens it up. And I think they've got, yeah, they've got like three of them that they they spread the ball around. But 
you know, they, they've had a lot just in general. Notre Dame's got a lot of good tight ends that end up going to the NFL, too. And Brian Kelly is so mellow. What did you give that guy? He's on <laughs> uh, tranquilizers or something, and he's not yelling at anybody. He's not throttling anybody. He's, he's gotten a little bit better. He's gotten better. Um, well, he I'm played to the crowd, didn't he? Then he used to play to the crowd. There's no crowd to yell in front of now and get fired up. Oh, oh. Well, now the mics can pick him up if he yells. That, that, yeah, that's it. You can pick up on the mics and everything. It's interesting. You know, the ACC has adapted to COVID, and they've canceled all their games for December 15th for the top three teams, Miami, Notre Dame, and Clemson. So they can essentially go into a bubble after this weekend. All yeah, I saw that. I think they were supposed to play. Donor Day was supposed to play Wake. That's why I got an alert, yeah. but I didn't see much more about it. I didn't understand what happened. Clemson canceled their Florida State game. Miami canceled uh, their game, and I forgot who it was. And Miami has an outside chance. If, if uh, Clemson wins this weekend, it's going to be, if, and it will be, Notre Dame and Clemson. But they've done this preemptively so those teams can go into a bubble, prepare themselves to play for the ACC championship, and get a leg up. Because that's you know if you get two teams from one conference in the final four, that's mucho bucks. That's that's half the money coming in. This is one of those rare years where Notre Dame would have to share their money with a with a conference. The ACC, yeah. Hmm. Which I don't think I, as a Notre Dame fan, I I mean not that I have any interest in the money that's coming in as a fan because I don't see it, but. Um, I, I think it's fine because I think that's the only way Notre Dame was going to get to play this year was joining the ACC. And I think it was great that they did that a couple of years ago where they had a partnership with them where they could get in because this, if they didn't have that partnership, I, they they wouldn't be playing right now because they wouldn't have anybody to play. As a Notre be, Dame fan, would you want them to stay the ACC? Um, after this, I wouldn't, I wouldn't hate it because I, I would, <laughs> I would kind of feel like it's kind of like what Notre Dame did with, with Navy, right? It's kind of one of those, the gesture of, you know, Notre Dame Navy kept Notre Dame open um, during World War II, which is why Notre Dame will always play Navy every year to make sure they get the revenue. And they said, "We'll play you as long as you want. You tell us when you don't want to play us anymore, because it's good for Navy's program. They get a nice chunk of money from it, um, so it benefits them. So this could be something where the Notre Dame says, "Hey, look, you, you know, especially if they win the national championship this year. I mean, it'll be tough against Alabama, but." You know, that's something that they got to say, you know what, we we wouldn't have even played this game if it wasn't for the ACC. We should strongly consider if we have to go to a, you know, conference ACC. I wouldn't mind it. I mean, I think if they can work something out with their their deal, their TV deal or whatever, so they can be still on NBC, because I like that every time Notre Dame plays a home game, I always get to see it. So (laughs) I'd be fine with it. Yeah. And part of that agreement that I signed a few years ago was five games against ACC teams. So you wouldn't really change the schedule that much. You could keep the Navy game. I mean, keep the Navy get, game. They want to keep a, a Southern Cal game, so they want to keep because they usually yeah. traditionally play Stanford and USC, and they always alternate those games home and away because they want to have the presence on the West Coast for recruiting. And so they really, the Michigan game, right? That's not to I, like twenty thirty or twenty thirty two or. And something. And I'd like to see that come back. I think Notre Dame wants to have that come back. I think that was one of the ones when they first canceled it. It was. They had to cancel something, and that was the next one that was kind of up. Um, but they have, you know, I know they want to keep that rivalry going. I want to keep that rivalry going. I think that's kind of fun, especially with the family dynamic of Michigan fans and Notre Dame fans. But I, I like that game. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's move on to the next topic. Uh, good job, guys, on the, covering the, all that COVID stuff. But we've got one last COVID-related sports talk. So Ernest knows well that, College basketball is back. 
and they're playing games, and it's interesting to see early on who is the good player. But as I was watching part of the Michigan game against mighty Oakland University, and they almost lost that game, I realized that the fans not being there was making a difference. And I've been to more Michigan basketball games over the last 10 years than football games. They're not too expensive. Even right up to the end, sometimes you can get a ticket. I and like they actually how win in basketball. They actually win in basketball. Thanks, Nate. <laughs> Sorry, Paul. Um, and <laughs> it's fun being inside of a basketball arena where it's pretty close. So you can see just the athletics and just everything about it. And plus, I knew an assistant coach that was on Beeline's team. Anyways, all that being said. It is but, a cool arena, though. Is it, was it Chrysler? Yep, arena? Chrysler. Yeah, Chrysler. So, it's, it's very nice. I've been there. I, I, I actually went to a game with Paul and his son. Um, did Kelly? I don't know if your daughter went too, but um, yeah, I know we all went. That was that was fun. That was I think one of my first Michigan games ever was going to a basketball game. I think we went there around the holidays and right. Um, they it have was, a nice it was museum area set up so you can see all the trophies. And then the last sporting event David and I went to was a Notre Dame basketball game against Louisville. We drove down to South Bend just because we were just so hungry to see any game. And then a couple weeks later, everything shut down, and they have a sort of cool museum area there too. But do you guys think that college basketball is more effective without fans than any other sport, Ernest? No, I think college football is, really is. I mean, college football just seems so strange. And I think it's the sheer numbers of the crowds. Uh, I mean, you get to the first couple rounds of the tournament, the arenas, usually the daytime games are half filled. So they're kind of used to empty arenas in that respect. I mean, the big teams... The teams of the Big Ten, the ACC, uh, you know, the Big East, they got packed arenas. But, the, you know, the Pac-12, a lot of those arenas are half-filled. I mean, the, the teams we follow are used to having full stands. But I, I, college football, I mean, it's the bands. I mean, the atmosphere, the, the sheer noise. Being at a college football game and hearing that noise and being, and I've been to uh, semifinal games, NCAA, the noise is still louder to college football game. Now, it's different. It is different. But, you know, a lot of these early season tournaments that are played, the Maui tournament is usually played. That's in a high school gym. The Alaska one, the Atlantis is played in a casino. Uh, I mean, a lot of these tournaments at the beginning of the year are played in very small venues, and they're not home f- courts. So, no, I don't think basketball is affected as much as college football. College football is really is, is something missing. I mean, you know, Paul, I turn over there yes. to watch Michigan game, and it looks like a spring practice game. And they they and play I'm not like a spring practice that's, game. Well, that's a great you know, way to... I set you up. Thank you. But I'm talking about most of the games, except for the ones played in Florida where they're allowing fans, uh, which is really flirting with danger there. But and they're like watching the – the spring practice games. And so college football to me is affected more. And maybe because I've seen more of those and I've only seen a week of college basketball. I know it, it's affected the teams. I think that young teams are really, really falling, having problems. That's why, you know, Kentucky lost and why Villanova lost. You know, and Virginia is a, is a more senior related team. They got upset also. There's a lot of upsets, but I think, it's a different atmosphere, but I still got to go to college football. Nate, what do you think? 
Yeah, I, I agree with you, Ernest. I, what, college what, football what, is just not what? the same without Did you. Yeah. Say, what did you hey, say? Hey, we've been starting to agree. We, we agree with before. the old man? We're turning on you. We're turning on you. Oh, my gosh. We're the regular couple. Um, no, I, I, I think you're right, Ernest. Like, there is something missing with college football. Even now, I don't watch the full two hours of it, but college game day is just a little bit bizarre, too, because I love seeing all the fans, all the signs, all that stuff, and the bands coming out. It, it is weird. I mean, you, you wish – I think there was a game I watched, a college football game, and they actually had like half the band. They were all spread out. But it was just so much more enjoyable with the band. Like it's just – I don't know what it is. It's something about college football, right? It's That's the difference between college football and the NFL is, you know, you have the bands there. You have the student section going nuts. Um, yeah, and college basketball, you're right, because I think they, they do play in so many venues. They play March Madness and, um, you know, a neutral location. They play all those tournaments, like you're saying, in neutral locations. Um, it's not really that, that big of a deal in basketball. I don't think, um, football is much, much bigger deal. I think, especially when it comes to college. All right. There you have it, folks. I am outvoted two to one, two to one. I say, all right, this is a chance for these guys to pick a topic and spout out for a little while. And so we're going to start with Ernest. Ernest, you have three good minutes to spout out about something you want to. Wow. Okay. I may go a different direction here. It's interesting. Uh, Critic goes to Sarah Fuller for being the first Power Five female to play in a college football game. She had a kickoff, um, you know, one kickoff only because Vanderbilt is a horrible team that can't score. (laughs) And, uh, you know, uh, Katie Herdia did it for New Mexico, I think about 20 years ago in that respect. And and I have no problem. Listen, it's okay. But Mason just has lost control of this team. That's why he's going to get fired at Vanderbilt. But the SEC, and you know, I understand political correctness. I understand. Listen, credit should be for the young lady. She plays on the Vanderbilt soccer game. She is an athlete. This is not a stunt. But for some reason, the SEC nominated her for player of the week. Okay. She had one kickoff that went 15 yards. You had athletes that have trained their entire lives that are going to leave their names in record books. Let's look at them. You know, Jones at Alabama, some of the other guys. Let's consider real guys. I have no problem with, you know, Sarah Fuller kicking more credit. I'd like to see more young soccer stars, females playing college football. I have no problem with this, with kicking. I have no problem with them kicking extra points. But to say that she is player of the week, because she kicked off one time in a game is kind of stretching credibility with the SEC. Okay. Yeah, I, I, Sorry, I don't want to interrupt your three did minutes. Did you say but credibility and SEC in the same sentence? Well, that's that's true. That We are talking about a money-grubbing conference in that respect. But, I mean, it is a cute little story. It was nice in that respect. But let, let's, let's be a little you know, a little positive here and let's get ready for the NBA. I'm talking to you, David, uh, <laughs> training camps open up this week for the NBA. We'll start in the games on 22nd. And finally, and I'm speaking to one member of our audience, <clears throat> Chris, if you're listening, no NFL games have been canceled. You will owe me something for a bet. I don't forget. <laughs> don't be like some co-hosts that promise something Ooh. on bets. OBJ and don't deliver. And with that, I'm going to be. What was our bet on that? What did we bet on? We said we're going to bet more catches. You were going to have your picture taken with a Panthers jersey on. Oh, I could still do that. 
I can still do that. It's a year later, he remembers. Okay. <laughs> I forgot. What, what, if if I was right, what did you have to wear? You had to wear a Notre Dame shirt, or you had to wear Cardinals. Uh, Cardinals. 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 I had to wear a Fitzgerald uh, jersey shirt, but. And uh, See, but there's nothing the way, wrong with wearing the Fitzgerald shirt. As close as you were to the Cardinals, that's, you couldn't go see them. That had to have hurt. You were, what, two hours away from Foxborough? Three hours? No, that would have been cool, honestly. Like, you know, in a regular and they only, last year. Like one every, once every six years, they traveled well, to Last Foxborough. year, no, last year, well, that might be true, but last year I went to the Giants and Cardinals game. Um, good friend of mine lives in Jersey, uh, New Jersey, and he had season tickets. Um, he grew up, he went to high school with me in Arizona. Um, so he, he let me know that he had tickets. So we went, that was fun. I got to watch the Cardinals play in person, which I got to tell you was really cool coming from being from Arizona and seeing your team in a different state when you live out here now. And, um, I, I really didn't care if they won or lost. I wanted them to win and they did, which was great, but I was just excited to see them. Um, but, but yeah, that would be cool to go to, to Foxborough would have been better if like, let's say Brady was still there and I could see Brady and see, the Cardinals play. Um, so that's the flip side of COVID. We've talked about how it's affected the games and the athletes, but the fans. I would have loved to have gone to the Maui Classic in, in Nashville and seen Carolina and Texas and Indiana and Stanford play, you know, watch four games here during the season. Uh, Myrtle Beach has a big college basketball uh, tournament in November, which was canceled. The new soccer team in the MS in uh, Major League Soccer, ML, MLS for Charlotte's been pushed back a year. Uh, the Hornets, the first half of the season, won't have any fans. It's affected us as fans being able to go out and enjoy and watch these games. And older fans like myself, we don't have that many more years to be able to go out and see right. these teams play. It's, it's it's tough. I mean, plus some of these guys you think about. What if this is Brady's last year, right? Probably won't be, but what if it is? You know, like he's going out, the GOAT, right? He's going out with no fans oh, around. I had planned all year to see the Angels play the Braves. They were going to play July 4th this year. I had scheduled my vacation time. Did you want to see Trout? I want to see Trout and I want to see Pujols. I've never seen them play live. But now the Angels won't come back to the Braves for another three years. Pujols will be gone. Trout will be a free agent somewhere else. Road yep. trip. Road trip. Road trip to where? There's nowhere we can go now. When <laughs> it eventually gets over. Master. All right, Nate, you got your final words here, bud? Yeah. Um, let's see what I want to say here. I don't know. Well, first off, let's say thanks to Paul for uh, being the host for, I don't know, how many how many years we've we been doing these podcasts now, Paul? On our third year Third year. Third year. So he's, he sends us a nice little gift to uh, some of the 21 hosts. in dog years, right? <laughs> <laughs> this year he sent me a, a nice little Rudy sign because uh, obviously I'm a big Notre Dame fan, big fan of Rudy. Um, and a nice little uh, keychain with the part in the confusion. So anyway, always a nice touch from our producer, host, uh, Paul here. So thanks for running this every year. This is kind of fun. Um, I'd say thanks to Ernest, but no, but no, no, in all actuality, he's, he's a great uh, – Got to chat with on these podcasts. Very, very knowledgeable, as we've seen. Pretty impressive. So um, I would like to hope that when I'm his age, I can remember the amount of knowledge he knows. About <laughs> you make everything. it up when you get my age. You just it's, make it up. It's impressive. Um, but no, other than that, let's say uh, this year with the COVID, it, it is making things a little bit different. I think a lot of people I know have kind of discovered the game of golf. Um, probably played a lot more golf than 
we've ever played because it's one of the sports we can actually get out and play. You're outdoors, um, you know, out here, it's everybody gets their own cart, so you're able to safely do it. They teach you never to touch another player's balls. That's just always good advice. Good advice. Always yes. Just, yes. good advice, COVID or not. Um, so no, it's just it's just kind of fun. I think people have gotten creative with some of the things you've seen on the, with a new kind of sports. Somebody was playing like basketball pong with the Home Depot buckets shaped like a triangle. <laughs> um, they've done little like you know trick shots. So I think people have gotten really creative with some of the sports we can do at home um, and you know in our backyard. So let's just keep that keep that stuff up. I think hopefully we're turning the corner here. We got some vaccines coming. Hopefully that'll. Um, take care of our health professionals, take care of those guys. Those guys have been, I don't know, I, I wish we could do something with the government where we could just give them a month vacation to every single health professional um, once this is over. Uh, obviously, at different times of the year, but just, you know, as a thank you, because that's, they, they really deserve something like that. Uh, but, you know, everybody just hang in there, and we're, uh, hopefully we'll come out of this. Hopefully we'll have sports again in the summer, and we can get back to, like we talked about going to games because it's been a kind of a bummer as fans too and hopefully the olympics get played and um this will just be this will be as as we've joked about my generations walking uphill both ways in the snow moment <laughs> you know speaking of golf nothing's more 2020 than phil mickelson and charles barkley actually won a golf tournament that's <laughs> funny. i didn't watch that i wish i would have i i must have just completely forgotten about it but i wish i would have watched that i charles barkley to me is just the funniest guy so <laughs> He was hitting fairways. He was hitting fairways all through the match. And we should say, we didn't really talk much about it, but Notre Dame beat UNC. Um, Ernest is a big UNC guy. I was smart to not bet on this game because I have the worst luck with with betting. I don't talk trash when my team's playing. I only talk after. Don't worry. Don't worry. You got to come to the Dean Dome and play basketball sometime this year. Don't worry. Payback's coming. (laughs) <laughs> well, I don't know about our basketball team this year, but pick the uh, finish last. Pick I don't think UNC last. was a. I don't think UNC was a national championship contender this year. They're getting better. They got Mac Brown, but I don't think they were national championship contenders. So um, that was one of the games that scared me on the schedule. Now the next one that scares me is the um, ACC championship with a rematch with Clemson. I think they're going to be ready to come after us. I think Lawrence is going to be ready to come after us. So hopefully Notre Dame keep it close and still make the college playoff. Um, and Clemson and Notre Dame in the national championship for the rubber match would actually be pretty cool. Um, not going to lie. All right. There you have it. And my last tidbit is Patrick Mahomes is awesome. Let's enjoy him while we have him. He is amazing. And I watch him. And just when you think, you know, he hasn't done something, he makes a great play. And I think once in a while we have to stop and just appreciate the greatness while we're seeing it. They were talking about Brady versus Mahomes. There was no, it wasn't even close. Mahomes is a transcendent athlete at that position. I think there's going to be so many players trying to emulate what he's done and the way his, it's like almost Jordan-esque. He can look at the field and see things that other people don't and do something creative. So we try to be creative in this podcast. My thanks to Nate and Ernest. If you have any comments, questions, or just like to vent, send me an email at gobluearnold at gmail.com and hope that you have a great COVID-free week. Have a good night.